You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! It's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 84 of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grindle. Great to have you with us for another edition of the podcast. The Brewers have had a lot happen since we last chatted. For one, they're still in first place in the NL Central by a game and a half over the Cubs and Cardinals. They also welcome back to the rotation right-handed pitcher Junior Guerra, who pitched very well upon his activation last week against the Diamondbacks. He's back on the mound Thursday night in New York, by the way. Ryan Braun has returned to the disabled list, and the Brewers have had their toughest stretch since perhaps the opening week of the season. Brewers are just 2-5 and five since our last podcast, and every team goes through some tough stretches here and there. And the key is that you come out of it, and when you do, you're still right there. And the Brewers, of course, still in first place, are more than just right there. It was a big start from Chase Anderson last Saturday that helped stem the tide. Anderson took a no-hitter into the eighth inning against the Diamondbacks, and struck out a career-high 11. Three balls and two strikes. Here it is. Curveball. Got him looking. A career-high for Chase Anderson. Strikeout number 11. The Brewers broke through against Zach Greinke in the fourth inning when Jed Bandy put together one of the best at-bats of the season. Here's the pitch. Swing and a fly ball deep into left. Tomas back at the track. It's off the wall. Three runs are going to score. Bandy into second base. He's got a three-run double. Brewers lead 3-0 on the bases clearing. Two-bagger from Bandy. The Brewers were able to snap what ended up being a five-game losing streak with that win over the Diamondbacks. And on Sunday, they were looking to follow it up. Jimmy Nelson was great. He followed up Anderson's performance brilliantly. And Domingo Santana proved why Sunday is his day. First ever at-bats against Patrick Corbin today. The 1-0. Hit in the air. Deep right center field. Back Blanco at the track. Goodbye! Grand slam, Domingo Santana. 6-1 Brewers. Nearly a packed house here at Miller Park on this beautiful Sunday, and they are all standing. A couple of losses to start this series in New York against the Mets, including an extra inning game on Tuesday night where the Brewers fell in 12. All right, let's uh, get nerdy and check the numbers. Let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101. (laughs) 
Well, we're going to dive deep into the world of Domingo Santana at the plate on this week's edition of Sabermetrics 101. Santana, of course, has had a giant month of May, and in regard to his last 30 days, Santana leads all right fielders in baseball with a 352 average. So what's been the key? Well, one thing to take note of is his up-the-middle approach. I had a chance to talk with him a couple of weeks ago in San Diego, and he mentioned that his up-the-middle approach has been what has really sparked this newfound success that he's been finding in 2017. And if you go into the numbers, they prove this. His pull percentage has gone down, while his center and oppo percentages are up from last year. He's hitting the ball up the middle 42.7% of the time in 2017. That's almost a 7% increase from last season. However, during this stretch over his last 30 days, he's hitting the ball up the middle 46.6% of the time. That's second most of any right fielder during the same time span, with Matt Joyce of the A's being the only one with a better percentage of balls hit up the middle. Santana is also leading all right fielders in May in the term we discussed two weeks ago, BABIP, batting average balls in play. That's for the month of May. His batting average on balls in play in May is 473 with the Yankees' Aaron Judge next at 449. His batting average his batting average on balls in play in May is 473 with the Yankees' Aaron Judge next at 449. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go on again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three-run shot out of here. Time to catch up with the crew. A couple weeks ago, I had a chance to catch up with Brewers reliever Jacob Barnes, who's in the midst of an incredible unscored-upon streak yet again, as Barnes has taken that ERA from the mid-threes all the way down into the mid-twos now again. Another inning and two-thirds of scoreless baseball on Tuesday night against the Mets for Jacob Barnes. Had a chance to chat with him about how he's found himself again and how you, as a young reliever, continue to learn things about yourself even once you're up in the show. Yeah, uh, just kind of got my mechanics back a little bit. I, I was kind of falling off a little bit too much there for a little bit, but uh, it's nice to get comfortable again and kind of back on the groove that I was going on. See you early in the year and you're out there throwing 9900 slider in the low 90s, and it's easy to just think that you're going to have that and the command every single time you go out. And it's not that easy as a reliever. How hard is it to go through the routine and get yourself ready to go every day? Yeah, that's that's one of the battles, that, you know, being a reliever. You kind of you know, you're you're thrown out there so often that it's it's hard to be perfect every time, and uh, part of part of it is kind of battling through those those uh, times where you know something slightly comes off because you're you're not given four or five days in between to kind of fix it. You're you're out there the next day, the next day, you know. So it's uh, part of the battle, and uh, the best way to try to handle it is try to get it you know fixed as quick as possible. But um, you know, you just have to keep positive and, and you know, try to get back on track. It can be a good thing, too, though, because you're not stewing on it for five days, right? Yeah, that, that part is good, too, because, you know, you never, whether you're starter, reliever, whatever it is, you never want to have a bad day and, and have to wait, you know, four or five days or whatever it is. So it is good that you get to go back out there, but hopefully it's fixed, you know, by that next outing, because if not, then, you know, you're dwelling on two outings instead of one. Jacob Barnes is our guest. And I mean, you're still young. I mean, this is just your first full year. You came up in June of last year, at the beginning of June, in that Phillies uh, series out in Philadelphia. 
Are, are you still learning things about yourself about, uh, you know, I go two days in a row, I'm good, third day, I might need to do this to make sure that I'm ready to go. Are you still learning those types of things about yourself? Yeah, yeah, especially early, but I, I think no matter, even if even if I would have had seven or eight, you know, years in here, I think there's always things you can learn about yourself and, and improve. But yeah, especially since it's, it's newer and, um, you know, you are thrown out there more often than in the minor league. So you, you do have to learn and, and part of it is how quick you can learn. And, and so... Um, you know, I've like kind of what you're saying, the two or three days in a row kind of thing. You learn what you can do, ease back on throwing prior to the game, different things like that can can help you throughout the season and, and make you last longer. Jacob, Corey Knable's having a great year as well, and the two of you in the back part of the bullpen, is, is that fun? Have you grown close together, kind of sharing some of those duties back there? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been fun, you know, having those roles. And uh, obviously, like you said, he's he's been pitching really, really well. Um, and yeah, it just kind of p- part of it is when you start having those kind of those those job titles and of the being a, on the back end, you kind of you kind of just kind of mold into one, and you try to become a, a, a strong group and and hopefully something that uh, you know that your teammates can and trust and rely on. Right now, this team's playing great baseball. You've won eight out of your last ten. Uh, it seems like everybody can't wait to get back to the ballpark the next day. I mean, this is what it's supposed to be about, right? Yeah, it's it's been awesome. The, the clubhouse has been great. The, the, the guys on the team, we, you know, we all get along. There's no one, like, doing their own thing. Uh, and, yeah, it is fun to come to the clubhouse. You know, it's, when, you, when you lose, it, it's not fun, you know. And, and obviously fans and players, we, we, no one likes losing. So when, when you win, you, you're eager to get to the park the next day. You, you, you want to win again. You want to have that feeling again. So it's been a, it's been a great ride. And, and, you know, obviously we're going we're gonna to keep trying to keep it up. What has Derek Johnson meant to you so far this year? Uh, he's been awesome. Um, you know, obviously, like you said, I started off really well. Um, and then even even when I had, like, a little slump there for a little bit, uh, he, he was good about it because he, he realized it wasn't a major issue. It was, it was a very small thing that, you know, all I had to do is get back out there and get back out there. And, and uh, he they kept putting me out there. And uh, luckily, uh, it's I was able to get it back. And uh, it's, been, it's been good lately. But he... Uh, he he's really good at keeping things simple and um, communicating with the guys, which is the biggest thing. Jacob, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. My thanks to Jacob Barnes for joining us here on Brewers on Tap. All right, let's jump into the future and check the farm. Checking in on the farm. Let's begin in Triple-A Colorado Springs. The Sky Sox 29-20, a two-game lead over the Oklahoma City Dodgers in the American Northern Division of the PCL. Brandon Woodruff with a nice start this past week, working six innings while allowing just a hit and no runs. Meanwhile, Brett Phillips has continued to produce. Phillips has an OPS of 957 thanks to a batting average in May of 304. He's also smacked 10 home runs for the year and driven in 39. Double-A Biloxi. The Shunkers are a game above 500 at 26-25. and 25. When Jacob Nottingham went 0-3 for 3 on May 1st, he was batting just 143. He's hit 277 for the month of May. He's now up to his average to 216. Good trend from one of the future pieces to the Brewers' plans behind the plate. The Shunkers are three games back of Pensacola in the South Division of the Southern League. Nick Ramirez has looked good in his new bullpen role, and I caught up with him during spring training to discuss the transition back to the mound. Um, it was actually it was just brought to my attention from uh, Mikey, my manager, and uh, Biloxi, um, just about there would be an option to, or there would be an option if I was interested to pitch and hit. So it wasn't just uh, 
completely switching and like so I think if it was completely switching it would have been a, a little bit more tough decision kind of thing and uh, so I mean I was able to still do both things that I love to do and I mean I haven't pitched in five years so I was like why not let's see how it goes and then I uh, started throwing bullpens and I think late July around that area and my arm felt fine um, just the only thing that was off a little bit was my mechanics and kind of throwing like an infielder with the short stride and stuff because it had been so long but um once I kind of started working with Hook and all that, things started to feel back to normal. And so it, was, it was, came almost a little bit easier than I thought it'd be. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm happy where it's at right now. You come from a program that is well known for producing great arms in Cal State Fullerton. So you, you got great coaching, obviously, there when you were on the mound. But having a guy like Chris Hook, it seems like everybody in the organization yeah. is always raving about what he's able to do. How much did that help you settle in and get comfortable again on the mound? Um, it was easy. I mean, because he was, every time I threw a bullpen, he was always in my ear, kind of giving me instant feedback. Hey, you need to do this, or that's good right there. Um, and it was just, it was easy, easy to work with him because I feel like he has a, a way of learning how to communicate with certain players. And so I think, feel like the communication with, between me and Hook is, is very good. Your changeup's what's gotten so much attention so far this mm -hmm. spring. Has that always been your, your plus pitch? And do you, are you getting your feel back for it even more so the more you pitch? Yes, um, that's always been my, my best pitch. Because um, when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to throw a curveball until I was, I think, 13 or 14. And so I had to rely on a changeup to get my to be able to get hitters out when I was that age and stuff. So uh, just from a young age, I was learning how to throw it. And high school really depended on it. And uh, all the way through college, I mean, that was my go-to pitch where I knew I could throw it. If I could throw it in the strike zone, it, it's going to be a swing and miss. And uh, luckily, the field never left when I was at a pitch for five years. But um, each day, there's more fields getting back with it and just being able to locate in and out and all that stuff. Your first couple times you climbed the mound were almost flawless. You were striking guys out, nobody could make contact, and if they did, it was weak contact. And then Wednesday, it, you struggled a little bit with uh -huh. command. That's to be expected, I would yeah. think, going through this transition. So it's kind of a hiccup. It, is that how you took it, too? It's like, hey, I'm going to go through some of this because I haven't been pitching on a regular um, basis. I mean, if I, I'd be lying to you if I told you I'm going to go through this. Like, And I, I went up there with that mindset. Um, I mean, because when I, when I go out there to pitch, I'm, it's, I'm going to compete and I'm going to do as best I can, and, and I'm going to go right after guys. Um, it, I think it was just uh, one of those things where I hadn't been pitching for a while, so when something bad like that's going with I'm missing up, missing with uh, my command and stuff, um, I got to learn how to fix that on the fly. And that's why I was talking with DJ and all the other guys and just like, there's certain ways that now that I know I can fix my release point because I hadn't been pitching in five years. So like, I didn't, and plus like when I throw, I never missed up. And so now when I was missing up, I was getting frustrated myself, making an adjustment because it's never happened to me. And so, I mean, I'd rather, it's one of those things where they all told me that you'd rather have this happen now and learn how to fix it rather than this happen in the season and you don't know what's going on. So, as you said, still swing the bat a little bit, mm -hmm. play some first base. And, and, I mean, you had a great year in 2015 in Biloxi. But how does that, how is that going to work? And I'm, I'm sure you're curious. Are you expecting to go back to Biloxi and, and do both? I mean, as you move up, mm -hmm. how is that going to work? Are you going to eventually move up as one or the other, or do you think it'll it'll be as both? I have no idea with what they want to do. Um, I haven't been told much. Um, 
I just, I have, I really, I, I don't know what to expect. Um, I don't know how the first base pitching is going to uh, go out. Um, I mean, I know that it'd be easier to be a pitcher and be a hitter rather than be pitcher, first base hitter. So, I mean, it's just, it's going to just depend, I think, all on how my arm bounces back and, and all that stuff. So, I mean, um, I'm excited for it, though. I don't know really what to expect, but I'm looking forward to it. Left hand with that changeup, that's going to give you a lot of opportunities, I would <laughs> yeah. think. Yeah. Nick, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. In Class A Advanced Carolina, the Mudcats are two and a half games back in the Southern Division of the Carolina League. Behind the Astros and Cubs affiliates, they sit at 27 and 24. Corey Ray's had a nice month of May, hitting 292 this month and connecting on a couple of home runs. Mentioned Ray hitting the ball pretty well lately in his last 10 games. He's hitting 378, 14 hits, including one home run. Pitch to him the 2 2. Swing and a high soaring drive to deep right. Way back, and it is gone. Home run, Corey Ray. This game is tied one to one in the first inning on a leadoff home run for Corey Ray. That's Greg Young, the voice of the Mudcats, on the call. Cody Ponce has continued to pitch well. Ponce allowed five earned runs on May 1st. Since then, he hasn't allowed more than two earned runs in a start. And he's currently pitching to a 3.14 ERA and eating a lot of innings. Seven of his ten starts have gone seven innings or longer. Right-handed pitcher Corbin Burns had that big start for Carolina to the season, and he's been promoted to double-A Biloxi. In Class A Wisconsin, the Timber Rattlers, last year's only playoff qualifier for Brewers affiliates, they're currently the only Brewers affiliate that's below 500. They're 23 and 26. Right-handed pitcher Trey Supak had been marvelous, and he's since been promoted to Carolina. All right, let's take a look at what is on tap. Here's what's on tap. Well, the Brewers are back home this Friday night. They open up a seven-game homestand against the Dodgers and the Giants. The West Coast team's coming into Miller Park. And there's another big weekend on tap at Miller Park as the Dodgers come to town. Friday, June 2nd, that's a five-county Friday. All five-county residents save 50% on tickets. That game gets started at 7.10 p.m. Saturday, June 3rd, that's a 3.10 start. Note, a 3.10 start. Superheroes Day presented by Quick Trip. Brewers Iron Man bobblehead included with a special ticket package. I've seen this. Um, I'm kind of a Marvels guy. I love it. It's going to be really cool. You're going to want to get your hands on that Iron Man bobblehead if you can get your hands on that special ticket package. Sunday, June 4th, 110 start. Brewers batting practice pullover. Also very cool. First 20,000 fans courtesy of Orbis Corporation. Kids eat free Sunday as well. All kids 14 and under get a free lunch featuring a hot dog, bottled water, applesauce and ice cream treat. Call 414-902-4000 or visit brewers.com for tickets. All right, that's going to do it for me and this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. We're going to be in Carolina next week visiting the Mudcats, so you can look forward to some fun stuff from there. Plus, we'll talk to David Stearns. Tom Flanagan will join us. It's going to be a big week next week on the podcast. Be with us for episode number 85. Have a great one, everybody. Go Brewers! <laughs>